It's us. Hi. We're the podcasters. It's us. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sam. We're the Sibs. And you're listening to Swift and Swigs with Sibs. That's right. This is the podcast where a brother and a sister discuss two of their favorite things, Taylor Swift and cocktails. Every episode, we will choose a song from Taylor Swift's 200-plus song catalog. We'll each pair a cocktail with that song, and then we will break down our favorite musical mixology moments. Hey, Sam, are we ready for it? I think we are. All right. Welcome to our podcast, everybody. This is your Sib Sam. I'm here with my Sib Rach. Say hello, Rachel. Hey. Hello, hello. Welcome to August. It's here. It's here. Wow. We have transitioned from your birthday month Mm -hmm. to my Taylor Ayres month to your birthday month. Now we're in our August month, which is like, and which is like Taylor's Taylor's month, essentially. It's 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 folklore's month, I think. It is very just, much folklore month. Um, yeah. I I think every episode, I say something to the effect of which era I'm in, and it changes every time. And right now, right. I'm most certainly in my folklore era. Yes. Tis the season. Tis the damn season. Tis this damn season. Yes. we That's are, a great one. We are recording this episode on August 1st, and I can't wait to get into this episode with you, Rachel. It is going to be fun. I'm excited for my cocktail. I love this song we're about to discuss. I love literally the month of August. I can't be happier. Oh, I am excited to get into it, too, but like Sam... Anything new going on? But yes, before we really delve into the deep ocean waters of this song, uh, what's new in the Taylor world? Oh, I have I have this random thing I wanted to share with you, Rachel. I opened my Spotify the other day, and it said, congratulations, you are in the top percentage of Taylor Swift listeners. And Rachel. Do duh. You, duh, right? But do you want to know what my percentage was? I do. I'm in the top 13%. Oh, <gasps> that's great. I feel so honored. You must not do better than that or worse than that. <laughs> you need to, you need, like, you need to maintain 13. Okay. That feels like a good number. I need Taylor to not release any more music so I can just keep the steady streams of Taylor that I currently have going on. Yeah. As soon as she yeah. drops new music, then that will be on repeat. You're going to have to figure out how to balance that. Yeah. What do you got, Rachel? What do you got for me today? So, this my I've got a new theory that I'm slightly obsessed with, and this is probably falls into the category of what people call Taylor Swift clowning. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm I've um, been clowning lately too. What What are you clowning about? Maybe it's the same thing. So, I sent it to you, and I mentioned oh. this last week. Last week, one most recently. One of our recent episodes, how I seriously want a Taylor Swift musical, okay? Like, I want – I now have multiple musicals because 
as I was preparing for this episode, and we will get more into August and its storyline as we get into this podcast and maybe future podcasts, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I was recognizing combining like the, the, the exploration of August and after seeing the Eras tour and seeing this like compilation that she chose to do for folklore, there is an entire story to be created from so many, if you just took folklore alone, so many of the songs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, this would be amazing. Well, there's some, there's some theories out there that Taylor is dropping hints about a play on Broadway. That there might she's been using the word play a lot in some of her words. Apparently, mm-hmm. all these billboards billboards for the top five are happen to be on streets that are all Broadway or like connected to Broadway, in like cities. in different cities. On okay, so it's like an Easter cities. eggs leading yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Lin Manuel Miranda was at one of her shows. So, like in my clowning dream world taylor swift is doing and we also know that she's been writing a, a, screen a script play a screen script play, for a movie that something. she's directing yes we've yet to really delve into that so maybe what she's doing is performing i don't know like a musical mm-hmm. with lynn mel miranda with folklore songs Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've got some Great American Dynasty in there. We've got some, you know, we we got the August Love Triangle. We've got uh, so many options. We've got Last Great American Dynasty would be a, a, a awesome story to. Yeah, I think I already said witness. that. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, that was the first one I said. But that's the one. That's the one I really feel like is like a whole amazing storyline. Yeah. That could set up. And even like seeing on the Eras tour where there was like this big train that comes yeah, that rolling moment. in onto the stage, quote unquote, but through video, but it looked like an actual train on the stage. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I, so I, I'll send, I sent Sam this TikTok because I was like, it's going to, it's going to prove it. So we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Weigh in, Swiggies. Let us know. Do you want to see a, a, a musical, a place performance? Do you think I'm crazy? I, I would definitely want to see that. The thing I've been clowning about is her last performance in L.A. on being on yeah. August 9th, 8, 1989. Totally. I'm yeah. like 100% convinced that we are going to get some sort of a, a thing happen on August 9th. But I got to figure out how to stay up. That's like in the middle yeah. of the week. It's a Wednesday, right? So yeah. who needs a, a restful Thursday anyways? Just stay up. Exactly. Pour yourself an espresso up. martini and... Uh, um, but we will find out on that. This is all the Taylor Tea Time talk I have for you today, Rachel. I'm really excited to get into the song. If you want to go there with me. Oh, but wait. We always have to do. We don't have to. We get to do. We this, get to do. We just always forget. I know. Um, the, the the segment, of course, we like to call Doing Good on Some New Shit. We're doing good. We're on some new shit. We're in our folklore era. So that's that's fitting. It's perfect. Um. Rachel, what new music are you listening to this week? I started listening to my Long Pond Studio mm. Record Day album. I, res- I got this most recent Record Day. The 
Long Pond Folklore. I'm not sure how, <laughs> how folklore, all, all the words. Long Pond Folk, Studio Long Sessions. Long Pond Studio Sessions. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is a must listen. Mm-hmm. It is – I didn't think folklore could get better. It is better than folklore. There, And maybe wow. it's just that it sounds so phenomenal. I've listened to a song or two and, and it – like through the radio on my car or whatever, it doesn't sound much a whole lot different. Put it on a vinyl record player. The music itself comes through. But then there's these also like adorable moments that pop up here and there that you don't notice that are different. So for instance, there's a point in August where she goes, ah! Mm-hmm. Like this like adorable squeal that I'm obsessed with. She's got sighs at the end of songs that are just, like, so subtle or, like, giggles at the end of songs. So, it just, it's a must-listen. It is so great. I don't know why I sleep on that album, um, those recordings, because I know they exist on streaming and I can listen to them, but I never think to listen to them. Right. Yeah. So, I'm glad you have it on vinyl. You can listen to it whenever you want. I know. It's perfect. It's, like, a perfect kind of, like happy hour mm. like cooking dinner vibe yeah. for me we, so i've we, been putting that on my friends and i the night before we went to the Eras tour uh we put that on disney plus as we were making friendship bracelets so um, fun because we were having like a really mellow night uh we knew yeah. all the energy and hype would come the next day so we wanted to yeah. put on something mellow and it was just really good for you know it, it's like good to have them in the background um obviously the lyrics of folklore are like do require a lot of attention, but just the the sounds of the songs are so soothing, and um, I'm excited you have that record. That's great. Yeah, me too. What are you listening to? What's some new shit for you? I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. Rachel, are you familiar with Julia Michaels? No, I don't she think. is a singer songwriter pop girly that our cousin Fran introduced me two years ago. Drink every time we mention our cousin Fran <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Fran, you make so many appearances. Um, she's just a musical inspiration. But yeah, Julia Michaels. So this morning, getting ready for this podcast, I'm like, shoot, I don't, I haven't been listening to anything new. I opened Spotify to see what's new, and Julia Michaels literally this morning, August 1st, released an EP. And, so uh, cool. So cool. And I liked it. And it's so perfect because the last song of the EP is a song called Seventeen. And there is a, and it, it like perfectly ties in with August because mm. there is a lyric in that song about like, can we just go back to being 17? This is like a dream or something. Mm. And I, and I get a lot of parallels with that lyric to Taylor Swift's August. So can we stay in this dream like we are 17? But Julia Michaels is great. She I love she has got a lot of bops and hits, but she has like really in-depth songwriting too, just like Taylor. And I think she is severely underrated. So uh, definitely dig into Julia Michaels' discography, particularly the song 17. Will do. All right, Rachel. Here we are again in the beginning of the month. It's August 1st. 
We have chosen the perfect song to go with today's you occasion. I have. Have yes. chosen. I feel like you would have chosen it if it was your turn to choose. Um, I would have. It's true. This is the only pick for our, our, this, this month. For sure. So it goes without saying, on this week's episode, we are doing August. But I can see us lost in the memory. August slipped away into a moment in time. Because it was never mine. It is track eight on Folklore, which represents the eighth month of the year. Apparently also, I just realized today, Folklore is also the eighth studio album of Taylor Swift. And according to Genius, there's like eight deluxe editions of Folklore, too. So Yeah, I I, learned that, too, today. Eight is definitely a theme we've got going on here today. Personally, August has always been my favorite off of Folklore. And uh, I I, am a little... It's bittersweet to do this song with you today, Rachel, on our podcast, because I have a top three favorite Taylor Swift songs, and this is now the third of the three that we have done. I know. Which means... Sam, I was thinking that exact same thing today. Like, we keep doing our, we keep doing our, like, favorite favorites, right? Mm -hmm. And I was was thinking, oh, but then it's just going to... you know, sip away, slip away into a moment in time. But you know what? I don't believe that because I actually think like what's happened as we've been recording this podcast is I've fallen in more in love with music that I had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And so we're in an abundance mindset on this podcast. Okay. So we, if, if we ce- celebrate our favorite songs early on, that's fine. That just gets us warmed up for those other ones to come. There are so many other favorite songs to I know. to to discuss with you, Rachel. Um, but my top three are "Style," "Cruel Summer," and "August." And here we are doing doing those th- finishing with yeah. August. Um, but nonetheless, I'm excited to get into get into it with you. Uh, I'm very intrigued, Rachel, about the cocktails pairing with this mm. song. I feel like lyrically. And, and with the imagery of this song and with the sound quality of the song, th- I had a lot of ideas that I, I wanted to go with. Um, and I'm assuming your creative brain also had a lot of creative ideas as well. So let's get into the swigs of, that we've paired with, with August. I'm going to make you go first okay. because you always make me go first. So I'll go first. Sam, start swigging. All right. This is a, a very frothy cocktail that I'm calling uh-huh. Behind Them All. So, of course, <laughs> a fantastic lyric in the song August is Meet Me Behind Them All. And so I took that lyric and I thought about the mall. And growing up, when we would go to the mall in Manhattan, Kansas, we loved to go to Orange Julius. So I made a cocktail version of an Orange Julius. It's a blended drink. It's my first blended drink of our podcast. I usually, I usually stay away from the blender. It's a little scary and intimidating to me. Um, if you're not familiar with Why is it scary to you? It's a little much. You know what I mean? It's just like it's it's a, No, it's, I love a blender. It's so much extra and I, I try to tame it down sometimes. Um, regardless of that, I use the blender. In here we've got now an orange Julius calls for orange juice concentrate. My local grocery store does not carry orange juice concentrate, and I asked them why. And Rude. They, because we're at 10,000 feet, 
they said the orange juice concentrate would always explode by the time it got up to this elevation. <gasps> oh, interesting. So I am using orange juice. Um, but a usual typical orange juice does call for orange juice concentrate. I just added a little extra orange juice. We've got orange juice and milk and vanilla and sugar and ice. Those are the ingredients on in how to make an orange Julius. Um, but of course, to this, I added tequila and tequila and a wine, of course, uh, specifically a buttery Chardonnay. The primary, mm. like, I, I, it's mostly the, the liquor is mostly tequila with just like a little splash of Chardonnay. Um, and then I wanted to bring some sort of like ocean theme to this cocktail. So I made a sea salt foam. Okay. Rachel just gasped. So interesting. She just covered her mouth and giggled. And I know what that means. Um, okay, go ahead. So I have a sea salt foam, which is just whipped cream and a little bit of sea salt dolloped on top. Mm. I I don't know if I love it. It it is a interesting juxtaposition: the sweet citrusy orange of my cocktail with the salty fluff. Uh, another great idea I had would be to use like an atomizer and create some sort of like salt water mist to just kind of spritz over the cocktail. Mm. But uh, I figured I'm going all the way with the blender. I might as well go a little over the top with this sea salt foam. So. It's sweet and creamy, frothy, a little boozy, and a little bit salty, and very orange. And I'm calling it Behind the Mall. Also because, like, in the mall is where you're drinking Orange Julius is. If you're behind the mall, like, with your illicit affair lover, you're probably drinking booze if you're, like, hiding behind the mall. So... That's what I got for you today, Rachel. Cheers. There I go. Oh my gosh. That really sounds delightful. I, uh, yes, so many fond memories of August sipping Orange Julius's yep. and Julie I. I'm not sure what the plural of that one is. Julius is, it's, it's ironic that it basically has the word July in it when it's a cocktail oh, for oh. August. Okay, Rachel. Your turn. What are you swigging on? Okay. Well, my cocktail began, inspiration began, uh, a little while ago when I read, um, I believe it was the New York Times, was talking about a cocktail made, um, I believe, in New York City. I'm th- sorry. This is really bad. I believe that, believe this. I'll find out more specifically this article. But the cocktail was called Salt Air. Perfect. And the second I saw it, I started singing salt air. The salt air was referring to making a margarita. Mm -hmm. And then instead of salt on the rim, you make a foam, like what you were talking about. Yeah. A salt foam. Yes. I have had salt foam before. I have had foam on top of cocktails. And I always assumed the foam was made from like really well-whipped egg whites, right? The way that you might shake an egg white cocktail. It's not. It's made from this like what's called soy lysatin, mm-hmm. lysatine, something like that. Okay. That 
chefs will use. You can make it savory and put it on like a salad or like a meat dish or like whatever. But then you can also turn it into these foams for cocktails. I You could do foams for desserts. Just basically taking like aerates flavors until it's like really fluffy. But you need this like soy lysine or whatever to hold its shape. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where do I get that? Apparently, you can get it at GNC. But to, in order to do that, you have to giant, giant bottle. Like, it's a jug. Yeah. It's a jug of this stuff. And so, and you use a half teaspoon for like a giant <laughs> amount of fluff. It's ridiculous. So, you, you buy so, it, yes? I bought it. It was like $18. And I'm like, fine, whatever. I'm going to share this. Because our sister, Emily, also mentioned this like foam stuff, right? Yeah. Like, she was obsessed with it. Anyway, all that to say, I ha- for for one, I'm going to share some with you, Sam, so you can make some legit Thank you. foams I, I, for your cocktail. Get ready, Swiggies. There's about to be a lot of foamy drinks in our futures. Yeah, because I got $18 worth of a jug to, to use up. Now, okay. I'm going to let you finish, but I searched how to make a foam for a cocktail, and it told me to use something called sucrose esters. Yes. Which I looked up, and you can only buy it online for $70 a bag. That's why yeah. I did not go that route. So I guess that's I've... another option, too. Yes. So there are a couple of ways to do it. So. Okay. That is a long introduction because that's only the garnish on top of the cocktail. Yeah. But obviously, like, I wanted – what would be a great cocktail? I wanted to make sangria. I thought, mm. well, so – but – but then I also thought about margarita if I wanted to make this salty foam air. So I made what I'm calling the salt box sangarita. Wow. Okay. To me, sipping on sangria in the summertime is like, I mean, I will sip away on that, you know. And so I added tequila and triple sec into my rosé sangria um, with some orange juice, some lime juice. So it's very uh, citrus forward, very much like a margarita, but you can really taste the rosé. And then you have the salt foam on top. Mm. Cheers. She's going in for a sip, It's folks. great. I went right in. Um, mm. Garnished it with some sweet little summery flowers, some peaches, some che- I just threw some other stuff in there. Cute. Summery fruits. And then, of course, that was a long ass intro Mm. to the salt box sangarita. But these are amazing cocktails, Rachel. Good job, us. Yeah, we we would only bring the best for the song of August. Um, So cheers to that. Cheers. Okay. Okay. Sam, this is the time where we are really going to get it. We've been hinting and hinting, hinting you. It's time to get into August. We love to start off. If we have any new listeners here who are like. August stands and they found us because of this. Welcome. We always start out with a conversation about the spirit of the song, just like the spirit of the cocktail. What's the guiding song spirit? We're going to break down the musical mixology of it all. And then we will get into the lyrics and all the Taylor twist and how Taylor takes her lyrics and gives them a slight little twist. And we are obsessed with it every single time. And this song is no exception. No exception. It's going to be a great one. Sam, since you chose this song this week, would you like to lead with what do you think is the spirit of August? Yeah, so August is written 
from the perspective of who Taylor is naming, the girl is, is named August or Augustine. But the title August has a double meaning because it is her story. So it could just be named August in honor of her. But it, it's 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 a love song, basically, from the perspective of a girl who has learned that she wasn't the one that her partner chose, but she's still in love with this person. And it, it was, it takes place during the summer, um, particularly like on the coast, we're assuming. And it's full of hope, but also sadness and yearning and nostalgia. To me, it's like a summer fling. Um, that turned into devastation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the narrator is like looking back on that. Mm-hmm. So this is probably a really great time for us to, to mention if, if you do not know this, that August is a part of what Taylor has told us is this love triangle that she created with three different songs on the album. And that would be paired with August Betty and Cardigan. Mm-hmm. And so listening to those gives a whole other like example. And it's really hard and it's going to be difficult to talk about this song without occasionally mentioning those songs and like really understanding like the backstory of what's going on in those other songs. Yeah, I do plan on so, tying in those other songs as we discuss August yeah, as well. It, they're going to make a moment. And if you love to prepare before throw all three of those songs into your listening it's also important to note here and this ties in a little bit with my cocktail slash my tea time because august is a part of a collection of what taylor swift called chapters so after she released folklore she started releasing these like what she calls chapters where it's like a chunk of playlist of six seven songs depending on each one and like what she kind of pairs them together. And this song fell into the category of the salt box house chapter. Mm. This is an interesting little thing that somebody noted. Salt box uh, is actually a style of house with two stories in the front and one story in the back. Mm hmm. And I find that to be such an interesting metaphor. Oh, I see. That I see. there's all there's like two stories that we know about, but there's always another story that's kind of hidden. Yeah. And this is Taylor's chance to let that hidden story that we don't always get to come out first, I think. And and the fact that it's a hidden story, um, from August, she would be the hidden story because in the story of a love triangle August is the mistress who is often villainized or or seen as the homewrecker. But what's so beautiful about the song August is you feel for that person and you get the story from that quote-unquote mistress that you don't often get in, in books, novels, and movies. Um, so instead of august being this villain you you really from the song feel for her as a human being 
as someone who was just led on and and who fell in love and who didn't mean to harm anybody she just fell in love and that's you know not the fault of betty the original girl uh, by any means and she's i august seems like a really sweet person <laughs> who just who just wanted to love somebody and she did love somebody and she was you know just let down by that somebody at the end of the day but her story is so often put behind the you know the actual love and this is august's chance this this song is is a chance for us to learn more about that person that we so often villainize in a love triangle scenario well it's interesting we should also note here that you refer to her as august she never actually gets a name so we never learn but Taylor uh, names her, and Taylor tol- tells us that she names her Augustine, a.k.a. Right, August. but it's an, I think it's in- essential to understand in the song, she doesn't actually get a name. She doesn't get a name in any of the songs because yeah. technically, we'll learn this more as we get into, like, Betty, but she really wasn't anything worth naming to yeah. the other part of this relationship. And so she wasn't a name and so we call her augustine if you will or august as a way to understand it and give her like give her the name that she doesn't have but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of an interesting thing should we get into the music yes let's get into the musical mixology rachel uh this song it it is a a beautiful sounding song there's a lot of instruments there's strings uh there's Accredited, there's a saxophone. I swear I hear a trumpet in this song, but I didn't see any trumpet credited in the in the song credits under the instrumentation. But there's a it's a very full, rich song filled with like this like flowy, dreamy soundscape. And I think Jack Antonoff said it best. Now, of course, Jack Antonoff co-produced and co-wrote this song with Taylor. And Jack said it best when he said, her story is not a dream, even though it does sound like it. And that's Mm. really interesting because she's reflecting on the love that they had almost as if it was a dream, but it's like it never happened. And I think she almost wishes... No, I don't think she wishes that it didn't happen. I think she's like very much still in love. But... The the sound is just so dreamy, and it's very fitting with the story that August is telling as she's reflecting now that she has come out of this love spiral, right? Well, yeah, it starts – it really – like the, the swell of the music and the, the layering of the music, the beginning definitely has this like – it feels like you're pulling up to the beach. You can almost see the sparkle of mm-hmm. light reflecting on the ocean. Like I get such movie montage moments in my mind as I'm mm-hmm. like listening to this. And you are lured into the beginning of that song, a beginning of this song, thinking this is just like a wonderful, like you put yourself into the the beach and it's a summer love and you're like right there with her in her memory. And then you get, sucked into this like devastating results of this 
um, by the end. And yeah. and it's st- but the music, the lovely music, never stops. Like you don't really ever get any like sad. I don't think. I don't think I notice any like sad notes. No, it's a very happy sounding song, and yeah. that's what's so heartbreaking about this is because I think when she's telling this story, uh, she being let's call her Augustine, she's still very much in love as if she's in a happy place. But it's sad because she's admitting that she's, you know, not, I keep saying the chosen one. It feels like Harry Potter or Star Wars. (laughs) But but it's heartbreaking because it's, she's like still deep within her heart where it's safe and warm and, and she's thinking about him um, and she's remembering what it was. And that is the sound quality of the song, is this happy memory type of sound. It's also, like, very bouncy in a way, too. It's, like, yeah. it's not yeah. pop heavy by any means. But um, Well, and I've layered this song to, like, a video montage of, of August summer memories before. Like, yeah. I remember listening to the song for the first time. On date night, I've mentioned this so many times, but like that I was like, it's just the perfect thing to like have a glass of wine or a cocktail or sangria or sangrita um, or orange julius and listen to it. And just like you want to dance and you want to love this like summer love. Yes, I'm with you, girl, without realizing all of a sudden that you're singing. You weren't mine to lose. Like you don't realize it, how sad it is until you really like think about it. Yeah, so, yeah. Some favorite moments of mine in this song, um, I wrote down two to discuss. Um, a favorite moment of mine is, you mentioned it earlier, that squeal where she yeah. goes. Wait, let me turn on my echo for this. I've been wanting to do this feature. Okay, do it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's, so, it's, it's, it's almost like a release that... She's yeah. and and again I'm I'm still like picturing her being in this like nostalgic happy memory and it's all it's also like a sigh like maybe a a, a sigh of um, acceptance perhaps another favorite so- part of the song for me and I th- I swear the first time I heard this song when I was listening to folklore for the first time this part of the song cemented into me that this will be a favorite Taylor Swift song of mine for forever. And it's during, I guess it's, we're calling it the outro when she's repeating, mm. like, do you remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car, cancel my plans just in case you call. And she repeats that a few times. And then remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car, there's like just, simple music and then the beat drops right as she goes and cancel my plans just in case you called and when you're watching the folklore long pond studio sessions on disney jack especially as he's playing the guitar for this song just drops and bangs his head at that moment exactly how i feel whenever i listen to that song and it it gives me goosebumps whenever i whenever i hear that and one other note about this sound is it does at times sound distant almost like the way that when you're remembering and I I even got this thought of like is she wondering like is that even am I even remembering it correctly right yeah um there and I think this will come 
come more into as we get into the lyrics, but yeah. I just wonder if there were moments when the narrator is like, Augustine is like doubting herself. Like, to, am I remembering it as beautiful as it right, actually like a, was? Right, like again, like it was almost like a dream the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we understand it to be um, in the song Betty from James's perspective, we understand this to be a summer fling. So it was, it was yeah. brief. Like it didn't last but a month or two in the summer. And, um, and, and so it, it's not deeply etched into her memory of her lifetime if it, it, cause it was so brief. Then let's get into that summer fling. I want to know more about it. And I think if we get into our lyrics, we will find out. Well, we start the song the way that I said, just setting the stage. I love it when Taylor does this, like, where, where are you, Taylor? What are you seeing in this like beautiful dreamlike scape? Salt air rest on your door. Immediately, that's like giving beach scene yeah. right away, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, I love that. I mean, it just adds to the summer quality of it, of it too. Salt air rust on your door. I guess things get rusty. I we're such landlocked Midwesterners, we wouldn't know this. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but yeah, salt air rust on the door. I never needed anything more. I. This, I wanted to bring up that because she puts this in the past, that's why we know that it's done. The, with the way that needed, I never needed anything more rather than I never need. I, I don't need anything more than this. It's It, it gives that it's ended, right? It's no longer. Yeah. And um, so not only do we get the setting with the salt air, the rust on the door, there's an ocean nearby, but all of that is in the past now. She wanted us to know right away that this was in the past. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and there's other times like with Maroon, it was like, let's lead you in a little bit slower. This was like throwing you right in. Yeah. If you were paying attention, it was throwing you right in. If you weren't paying attention and you were just sipping on your wine, making dinner, you weren't paying attention to the fact that this was going to be a sad song. Yeah, and that's the whole point of this so. story is that it's in the past. This love yep. one-sided now because it's no longer continuing. Yeah. Yeah. Whispers. Of are you sure? You've just been wanting to to like use that for August, haven't you? I didn't realize my microphone had an echo feature until today, and it's perfect for August. Never have you ever before known <laughs> that you could do that. Okay, now those lines, like you know, sultry. And and also yeah. more heartbreaking. Sex scene coming on. The sex scene coming on, and it's yep. it's clear that this was like her first time or his first time or whatever. Um, and we know from the song Betty that they are teenagers. Um, we also know from this song when she talks about going back to school, they are young. So you know this idea of the first time with somebody being physical with somebody is just adds to more of the intensity of the heartbreak that she is bound to be feeling from this. I also like imagining someone in this scene saying, never have I ever before. (laughs) Because that's not how somebody would actually say that (laughs) To somebody like that's not a line that would happen. No, but like it, I think it's like it fits really well. It with flows the song, nicely. You know. It sounds beautiful. It goes with what she was. It's like a twist on what she already said. Um, never needed anything more. 
So that's the first verse. It, it's pretty quick. Yeah. And so is the second verse, um, which is great because the chorus is amazing. But I can see a I knew you were going to do memory. that. August slipped away <laughs> into a moment in time. <laughs> now, this this is great because, of course, August is the time that they were experiencing this love. But again, August is who she is. That's her name. And mm. so the month of August slipped away into a moment of time. That's giving us, like, it happened so quickly we weren't paying attention to anything else around us. The whole month of August is a blur because I was with you. But also, she's singing August as herself slipped away into a moment of time. As if for him, she was just a moment of time and she just slipped away. And I can see us twisted in bed sheets. August sipped away like a bottle of wine. Same thing. You know, the month of August was just drank like a bottle of wine when you're having fun with somebody a bottle of wine can go really quickly and but but she is saying sipped so right mm -hmm. so i was gonna say like you go into august wanting to sip it slowly yes it's the last month of summer it's like you want to savor every single moment Right. You just want to just, yes, take in all, every moment. You want that summer fling feeling. Like you may, like it's so interesting because it's, this is a summer fling. We know that what that means. And there's like an impermanence to that, right? Mm. But it's also allows you to be a little bit more willing to be risky, to like take, take risks, to dive into something that may not be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's the whole cruel summer of it all, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think this is, a realization that like she wanted it she she was trying to sip it slowly to save and it. and before you know it like you're you've drank the whole bottle and you're drunk right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she was trying to just savor it let it let it go sip away slowly and then all of a sudden like the whole it's like the whole bottle of wine the whole august is over she's drunk and devastated mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I I love the imagery, not in a weird or creepy way. I can see us twisted in bed sheets because that for her was a very profound moment in their relationship when they were just like being carefree and romantic with each other and twisted in bed sheets. She's saying, "I can see us like I it is ended, but I can I'm picturing it. I can remember yeah. this. I can see yeah. us." Um, and, but uh, I also feel like she can see it for what it was now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I can see us. She doesn't say now, but it's almost like implied. Mm-hmm. Lost. Now that I'm lost in this memory, I can see us. I can see what was happening there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like she's currently lost in the memory and she can see us. She can see yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this next part, you were never mine. There's like two important like such tiny words there, but they're both very important. You indicating like this, this is the moment when she was realizing like that you were never, were never mine. Like even though like the memory is mine, but you never were mine. And that's like the moment the whole song changes, shifts, and you get real sad. So, all right. So we got through our first 
chorus. We got through it, and it was tough because it is starting to get pretty sad here, Rachel. Yeah, yeah we just got mm-hmm. sad. We just yeah. got real sad, and mm-hmm. we also are starting to get a little desperate. But <laughs> remember, think. don't villainize her. <laughs> You're right. That does have, a, like, a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's the point that anyone feels in the moment when you're starting to see something ending. Mm-hmm. When you want to pull it back in mm-hmm. and like really like hold it, preserve it, not let it be a moment in time, but let it be forever. And you can see that in this next verse as she like says, I wish I could write my name on it, which is his his back. Um, this line reminds me of something I meant to bring up at the very beginning of this segment. Okay. Rachel, I think... We what what episode? This is like episode thirty-one. We have gone oh gosh, through, yeah. we've gone through so many episodes without ever acknowledging something that Taylor Swift is fond of, and that is the fact that she puts in three categories: her songwriting, and we've never talked about this in our podcast. We have talked about it, have but we? I don't. We haven't talked about it in a while. Well, I, right? I think one thing I want us to do is before we really break down the lyrics to every song, I want us to maybe try to see if we can put it into one of the three categories of yeah. of song in terms of her songwriting. So we've got yes. quill pen lyrics, which are about like the old fashioned, romantic, antiquated, very poetic lyrics that she writes. We've got fountain pen lyrics, which are very much like modern, in the moment, express diary, diary entries, entry type will. songs, expressing love to somebody that you can't quite tell them in person, so you write a song about them. And then, of course, glitter gel pen lyrics, which are just super fun bops about, you know, karma coming to get you or shaking it off kind of things. Um, yep. So I did want to bring this up. I, I'm, I want to acknowledge which category this song falls into. At initial thought, I would say quill pen lyrics because so many of folklore is very like poetic and antiquated. But I almost want to put this in fountain pen lyrics. And I'm, I'm, I, w- I don't know if you agree with me on this because this is very confessionary and almost like a diary entry like expressing of love and heartbreak and loss type of song. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know what Taylor would put it in. I feel like it could go between See, Quilly and Fountain Pen. I imagine her categorizing the Fountain Pen as her own diary, like her own confessions. Oh, and yeah. so mm-hmm. Quill, Quill Pen uses more literary, you know. Yeah. So I, I would definitely put this in a Quill Pen category mm-hmm. unless – Unless this is a secret fling that we don't know about. No, you've you done this you, before not, when we've talked about folklore songs. You, you, you try to put you it in Taylor's that. narrative, I but know, I, know. I don't I don't think it is. You don't want to. No, I don't want you to. don't want to. No. So I, that's what I'm saying. I'm putting this all in on this is this is all made up. This is this brilliant idea that she was like, I could write a short story or I could write three songs. I think it's also important. Will you call when you're back at school? It's just another moment of like kind of putting us into context of how old these people are, or like, like there's obviously yes. either either yes. high school or which I think comes even more into um, 
lyrics as we a little bit more as we move further on mm-hmm. but we're getting this idea of like when you're back at school it's got that like you were here for the summer and you're going back to school whether it's college or yeah that's what's interesting is I, I get the impression that they don't go to the same school I just think he had to go back home from his summer house mm-hmm. and oh. when because school was starting that's kind of oh, how I so... understand okay so maybe this is his summer vacation yes and Augustine or Augusto or August or whomever she is 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 a girl not in his hometown but right. at, at his summer vacation home like in the Hamptons or which Cape is Cod. why it, he was much more willing to let it be a summer fling yeah yeah it's giving and, Danny Zuko <laughs> uh, this is all in on Greece and then <laughs> I almost wish later that Augustine had shown up. In his homeroom or something. And he'd been like, what the what? Maybe in the play that we're getting. That'll happen. In the play. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the song. Back to the song. This question, will you call when you're back at school? Sad, right? Like, she's she's unsure. I remember thinking Yeah, like, I'm starting to get nervous. Yeah, Yeah. that, like, desperation a little bit. You're right. It is definitely desperation. And, 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 yeah, that does have a negative connotation. But it it shouldn't because, I mean, we're we're all desperate at times. And and this woman is very desperate to have him back. And she's just, like, lost in the memory, remembering, thinking she had him. She probably didn't even know that Betty existed when they were together, right? Like, she had... yeah. Important question to ask. And I think a lot of people have asked that. Did she know? I don't think she knows about no, it. No, no, no. I don't think she did at all. Uh-uh. And again, like uh-uh. it, it would it would villainize her more a little bit if she did know that there was another girl. Um but I just think she was just innocent and lost in this love. Um yeah. We get another chorus. She's back twisting in those bed sheets, sipping mm-hmm. on wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Underage drinking, uh, we've mentioned this before. We do not condone that. But No, well, and it's, she's not actually sipping on wine. She's using a metaphor here. Yeah, but there was probably a little bit of wine involved. Sam, uh, metaphor. Me- okay, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a metaphor, but they're, they're teenagers in love in the summertime in Montauk. I, I guarantee there was a, a bottle of white wine at some point. All right, so now we are bridging into, like, this next phase where we're kind of learning a little bit Mm -hmm. more about why she was, like, so really lost into this guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love this line back when we were still changing for the better. Yeah, I don't have any thoughts on this. I I, My brain couldn't... uh, compose a thought so well it just to me it gives a really great uh like marker of time of age like this Mm. is like when like you can tell these are like 17 18 19 years like and that transition like not quite adults not yet not no longer kids we're changing back when we were still changing for the better like we were still changing then we were thinking like we were talking about dreams, whatever. We were sharing these ideas. That's that's kind of how I put that, the context of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wanting yeah. was enough for me. It was enough. I love how she repeats that and almost corrects herself. This was a point where she was like, I'm telling my story. Like, I can't tell you how you were feeling. 
Mm. And it's starting to become clear that it wasn't the same. So I have to remember to only say how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling my story. Yeah. It was enough for me. Wanting was enough. Because that's what you want. To live for the hope of it all. Yes. Gosh, just like the best phrase. Tattoo that on my arm. I just might Mm. do that. Oh, that'd be cool. Because I think that's such a great mindset. And I, it feels like such a young mindset. And yet, why not? Like, why shouldn't we all live for the hope of something? Mm-hmm. Because if you're living for it, like, oh, this is like, this could fizzle out. What's the point of it? Then you're not really living life. Like, live for the hope of it all. I just think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very wistful and almost naive in a way. And again, I, oh, it's very naive. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to, but but I mean when but not in a bad way, no, but in a like 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 she couldn't help yeah. it because that's all she. I mean, she thought it was real. Cancel plans just in case you to call also breaks my heart. Like like she was truly making her every day, her every moment about him. Even if she had plans with family or other friends, she would cancel him in case he called. Like. They didn't even have plans, but she was hoping that maybe he would call her and say, meet me behind the mall. Meet me behind the mall is apparently something that she had written down years ago, which I think is so, so cool. There's actually a handful of those lines in folklore Mm -hmm. that she has mentioned writing down before, and I love that mm-hmm. the writer in me is obsessed with mm-hmm. that like yeah. pulling it back well, how satisfying for her to finally like find the, the narrative that it fits it's so great okay this line th- we're getting into a couple of lines that I didn't know I didn't know the line saying us and that she says it so fast so much for summer love and saying us this was the point where I got to wondering Did she start to doubt, like, did she start to wonder, was she the only one who was saying, like, us conversations? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, like, I I feel like this is the point where she's realizing, you think you're both saying the same things, you think you're both feeling the same way, and she's realizing now, like, no, that might have just been me all along. Because you weren't mine to lose. Are you kidding me? It's it's basically what she's saying is you can't lose something if you never had it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And she's only just now realizing that now that it's over. Stop. You're losing me. Drink every time Rachel back. brings up you're losing me. <laughs> we got to talk about that dang song cuz well uh, you get to choose next week's song so that's on you. Remember when I pulled up and said get in the car. I think so, all right. So we, I guess we go back into the chorus, and then we get somewhat of a repeated bridge. But she's now, like, up until this point, she's been sharing her memory and her perspective, and now she's almost like it's like the the stages of grief when it's like I don't remember the order of it, where it's like. Anger is one of them. It's like sadness, then anger, then acceptance, and then uh, forgive me for not knowing. But this part of the stages of grief is now the anger part, I think. Like, because she's been sharing her 
memory and how it was feeling for her. And now she's asking him, but do you remember? And she repeats the things that she's already been telling us, except this is a new, this is new information. Remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car, the rest of this part is repeated information. Cancel my plans just in case you call back when I was living for the hope of it all, for the hope of it all, maybe behind them all. But this line, remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car, will tie in to the song Betty from James's perspective when he literally sings about her pulling up and saying, get in her car. But she's now like almost begging, asking him, being angry at him. Like, do you even remember you know, any of these moments that I've yeah. been expressing this whole time, do you even remember? Not sure you do. James, Jimmy, Jimbo. Did you, Jimbo, did you know that in August, remember when I said, when I pulled up and said, get in the car, happens at minute 247, two minutes and 47 seconds. What does that mean? It's, it's, On Betty? It's 13. 2 plus 4 plus 7 is 13. Fine. Even more magical. But in Betty, <laughs> oh. at 2 minutes and 47 seconds is the point when James said, <laughs> you pulled up. And, I am I not making this up, Sam. not even with Taylor Swift. Right? Oh, that just so hurts So not my only brain. is it 2 plus 4 plus 7 it equals 13, but it is the exact exact minute and seconds in both songs i had no idea and we're getting like oh he remembers we will find out later that he He does does remember he does he does remember and that doesn't excuse him but i'm gonna hold i'm gonna reserve (laughs) rachel's getting ticked off everybody for james at another time, because we're talking about Augustine. Augustine remembers, and she's wondering if he does too. I don't know. Do mm-hmm. you? Do you, James? We'll find out. We will find out. This whole like, do you remember? Is just like, I feel like she's longing. She's yearning. She yeah, really is like, like pining for him to come back to her at this point. And you know, it's it's a little bit of anger and frustration, but she's just like. Psst, Putting it out there, like, come on. Was I nothing to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we end this song and the way that you know I love to end a song with this repeated phrase. Yes. Yes, Which is her kind of like, for the hope of it all, for the hope of it all, for the hope of it all. It's like she's trying to remember, like, why Why did I fall for this guy who doesn't even remember anymore? Like, what was it for? It was for the hope of it all. That's right. It was for the hope of it all. And it's almost, let's just end this with hope of, like, that's okay. Like, it was, oh, it was almost like she's giving herself permission for falling in love and, like, having the rug pulled out from underneath us. Oh, like, yeah. her. Because she's like, it's okay. Like, I ha- I was living for the hope of it all. That's all, that's... That's my excuse. Like, and if that's, if that, like, causes me to have devastation and heartbreak, like, bring it on. Yeah. Bring on the hope of it all. And let me write a beautiful, dancey, flowy song about love, even if it breaks our hearts. Yeah. Oh, poor thing. I mean, 
you really Ugh. you really do feel bad for her. But you don't but I think in the end, like I think you said I didn't really understand. You just kept saying, like, there's a lot of hope in the song. I'm like, is there? But there actually is. Like it really does come around to it. And I'm just kind of like realizing that. Like the re- repeating of it, it was for the hope of it all, guys. Like it's okay to fall in love and have your heart broken. Because mm. you're doing it for the hope of it all. Do you get that there's acceptance at the end of this? That she's coming to yes. terms with it? Yes. However, oh, this feels like too soon to say this, but I think there's another song that is written from Augustine's perspective, and I think that's a point when she was actually angered. Are you talking about illicit affairs? And I call that song yeah. illicit affairs. You call that song? I think. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the title you gave it? I call I categorize that song because Taylor Swift has never. Actually yeah. said, but it didn't occur to me. I didn't pair those two together until the Eras tour. Okay, that's yeah. I mean, the, the, it was very intentionally placed in the Eras tour where it was. I, I mean, Taylor has like pretty much confirmed that the trilogy is officially the songs Cardigan, August, and Betty. Sure, right. But Illicit Affairs is like absolutely. The other song that fits in there perfectly, yes. And it and it I think could be from both Betty or sorry, I think it could be from both August and James's perspective. Sure. It's a, well, it's not James because she sings about perfume, but it, it, so it's pretty much August's perspective. Perfume, cologne, whatever. Whatever, but it's just about being the the other woman, or you know, the other man. If you wanted to put it in that perspective. And um, it, it, it fits really well into the trilogy, even though it's not technically a part of the trilogy. I think it's its own story. It's a random song in the middle of folklore that just takes you by surprise. I'm, we, we shouldn't really get too deep into it now. because Yeah, we're not, not talking episode, about that song. But, but it is very significant to mention this yeah. when talking about the song August, because that song, Illicit Affairs is certainly about being the other person and how to hide that and what that means to be the other person and how heartbreaking that can be. Um, it's very similar energy. And yeah. Your original question was, is there acceptance? Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the emotions, but I don't think you have to land on acceptance. I think that she's trying to – I think she will probably waffle, but I think in this moment this is her saying, remember, this is who you are. Like you live for the hope of it all, for the hope of it all, like for the hope of it all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an echoey microphone like you. For the hope of it all, for so, the hope of it all. I just want to get up and dance with my flowy long skirt. Yes. Yes. Me too. <laughs> I don't even have one. You too. Uh, and that is the song August. Uh, Sam, it seems August has now slipped away into a moment in time. At least August the song. We slipped away at this podcast like a bottle of wine and tequila and triple sec and whatever else we threw in there <laughs> all of the uh, 
Yeah, and now I'm left living for the hope of it all. And what song you're going to choose for next week? I've never needed anything more. Sam, never have we ever before done a song from the same album back to back. But yeah, yep, yep. We have yep. already we have already like hinted to our swiggies that there is more to this story. Mm. And we have also hinted at the fact that I am a little bit perturbed at a particular character uh, in this story. Yes, yes. And he, his name is James, and I want to find out his side of the story. Okay. Okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I want to let Betty have the last word of this conversation. So we're going to talk to Betty. No. So we're not going to talk to Betty. We're going to talk to James about Betty. This is where it's confusing. Sam, we're doing Betty. All right. Yes. We're getting into our uh, country era that's on folklore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to find out why I'm annoyed with James. Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's another part of the story. There's always more to the story. I think there's a little bit of understanding we'll need to have going into it. Um, but so just keep an open mind, Rachel. There's always two sides okay. of every story, right? So okay. we'll find out when we do Betty next week. Good choice. I guess I guess that's that's the second part of the trilogy. Okay. You can see where we're going here with this. Rachel, I will cancel my plans just in case you call and tell me you're ready to record our podcast. I cannot wait. And Swiggies, we hope you will meet us not behind the mall, but over on social media where we hang out in between episodes. So be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Swift and Swiggs Podcast. Whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on, be sure to give it a thumbs up, a five-star rating, a positive review. And also, remember, we are doing a future episode where we are going to compile our listeners' experience of the Eras Tour. So we will put a link in our show notes where you can leave us a personal voicemail about your experience of the Eras Tour. Your favorite moments and your surprise songs and all of that good stuff. And we will include it in a future episode. So be sure to check our show notes for that. Until then... I'm just going to live the hope of it all, Rachel. These cocktails were delicious. I cannot wait to meet in person with you, which is going to happen very soon. Spoiler alert, everybody. I've had a couple orange Julie ice. I never needed anything more, Sam. Cheers. That was a great episode. So good. Cheers, Rach. Clinkity, clink, clink. Clinkity, clink.